I'll be studying the sixth chapter, but before we do that, we're gonna we're gonna read our 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 sermon series theme this morning to see one thing we we know, and I'm gonna get back to that at the end of our sermon this morning is Jesus is coming back. You know, we sang a song to open the service up. Is 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 called Victory in Jesus. I want to tell you right now that I stand on that promise. First of all, I have victory in Jesus right now. Uh, I want you to do me, do me a favor. I want you to look at the person next to you right now and just look at them and say this. Say, man, God is good. Sell them. <laughs> and we're okay right now. You see, I want, and, and, and if you're saved this morning, because I want to, you know, sometimes I think, you know, when we think about there is so much in our society that we have, you know, there's so much anxiety being spread out there. So many things that want to, so many people saying so many things that, well, they kind of want to get us unsettled. Well, you know what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3? He says, let not your heart be troubled. Now he's talking to his disciples who were looking at a future that they were not certain about. And he looked at them, he says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that? And I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. You see, you have a promise right now that you can understand where Jesus tells his church, his people, his believers, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be troubled. Don't have anxiety. Don't worry about it because I've got you. I prepared a place for you by going to the cross, dying for you, raising again on the third day. I'm going to heaven and I'm going to take you to heaven one day. You have victory in Jesus. So tell, tell the person next to you this. We have victory in Christ. And, and listen, don't. I'm telling you right now, if you are a follower of Jesus and you are a believer, you have absolutely nothing to worry about. I'm just telling you that. Because what it says right here, behold, ready? He is coming with the clouds. Let's read it loud and let's read, read it proud, right? Behold. He is coming with the clouds. Do you believe that? Yes. Amen. That's what he asked uh, Martha, Lazarus' sister, when Lazarus died. And she went to him and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have died. And he told her, he says, well, he said, he who believes in me, though he die, he will live. And he who lives and believes in me will never die. And then Jesus looked at her and he says, do you believe this? Hmm. Have you ever, uh, hmm. Have you, ever, have you ever really sat down and searched your soul deeply and said, man, do I believe God at his word? Danny and Joe and I were having a conversation this morning about God's word, and I told him, because we were talking about reading through the Bible and, and everything that's in it, and I said, you know, I said, I'm going to tell you something, I've read through it many times, and I don't get everything that's in there, but I had to come to a place in my life to realize this, I have to take God's word 
in faith just like I take my salvation in faith. And I don't understand everything that God says in his word. I don't as many times as I've read it. But this is what the Bible says about God. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways. So I have to come to that place and go, okay, God, I don't understand it all, but I take it in faith because you're my God and my Savior and my King. And you've promised that I would live forever with you. And so in faith, I walk in Jesus Christ. And it's in faith, I believe, that he's coming in the clouds. And every eye will see him, and even those who have pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. We're going to talk about that right there. But before we do, let's look at our chart again. Y'all love that chart, don't you? Y'all get tired of seeing that chart. Here's the one thing I know. I've got to go over this every week because I have new people coming in all the time, and I don't want them to be lost in the middle of this. And uh, we are talking about something that is a little scary sometimes if you don't understand it. But if you understand it, it's not scary at all. So here it is. We're living in the church age, that first block right there in the middle. That's where we're at. It's not really in the middle. It's kind of a third, two-thirds down the page there, you know. Right? So we're, and we've talked about the rapture of the church. Well, we're, Jesus will one day, this is not the second coming, all right? Uh, this is when Christ will call his church to heaven. That's the, what we refer to as the rapture. That's referred to in Thessalonians, in 1 Thessalonians, in chapter 4, starting in verse 14 or 13, where the apostle Paul writes these words. My brothers, I don't want you to be ignorant. Say ignorant. Concerning those who have fallen asleep. Talking about those who died. For if we believe, this is it. Do you believe? Say, do you believe? If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Christ Jesus. And I'm going to paraphrase the rest. At the trumpet of God, when it sounds, uh, uh, it says, when he's going to come in the clouds, and he's not going to set foot on the earth, but it says uh, that the graves will be opened, and Christ will call the dead out of the graves. And it says, and those of us, if it's us, if it's us, who are alive and remain will be caught up. Everybody say caught up. To meet the Lord in the air. And it says, thus we will always be with the Lord. Let's say that because I love that part. Ready? We will always be with the Lord. That's the church where Christ calls the church to heaven. And so the, the church is called to heaven. And at the church being called to heaven, that's those who, now when I talk about the church, what I mean is the church that has truly trusted and believed Jesus saved them by his grace. I hope that's you. When we're called to heaven, that's going to usher in what we've been talking about. So you will not be here for what we're going to talk about today. If you're a believer and you will, you have not, you will not have been here for the last couple of sermons that we've talked about today because you'll be in heaven while this is going on. The seven-year tribulation. This is a time of trouble that has, the Bible describes it as a time that we will see or they will see on earth that there's never been a time like it before and there never will be again. It is the worst time in the history of the world. They're going to experience that here, and that's what we're going to talk about today one more time. Uh, we did talk about some good stuff last week about how many people are going to be saved during that time. We're going to, we're going to look at one more thing, and then we're going to move on from here when I get back. 
And we're going to talk about, start to talk about the millennial kingdom, and we will be retroing back to the tribulation and dealing with some of that some more. But uh, we're going to kind of wrap up our tribulation study this morning. Um, I didn't want to spend too much time in it uh, because literally uh, you can spend lots and lots of time in this. And uh, I just want us to learn the things that we need to learn from it and move on from there. So that's why we're moving on after this. Uh, so let's read this. This is the, we've studied one, two, three, four, five seals that were open. We're going we're gonna to look uh, at an overview, overview of number six and number seven, um, this sermon. Now, notice uh, the Bible is so incredible uh, that the Bible deals in sevens a lot. You know, threes and sevens and sixes, you know. So it tells us there's seven years tribulation. There's seven seals. There's under these seven seals, there's seven trumpets and seven bowls of God's judgment. Uh, and uh, you know what else is cool? You know what our church address is? We're a godly church. You know why? Because our church address is 7770H, oh no, it's not HCR. That's where I live, HCR. <laughs> 7770 County Road, 1208. So we're biblical, man, right? We got a biblical address, right? Okay, but uh, so uh, there's, there's all these sevens, and coming out of the sixth seal, this, what you, this is what we got to read this like, and this is, this is why I'm preaching this this morning, because when you go home, and I know you're going to go home and read it, right, because you are, right, because we're going we're gonna to look at this, right? When you read about the, the sixth seal, the seventh seal, the seven trumpets, the seven bowls of God's judgment, all of those come out from under the sixth seal. So what I'm telling you is, you ever had one of them days where you think, Lord, can anything else bad happen today? Raise your hand if you had one of those, right? All right, anyway, we've all had those, right? It's like, it seems like one right after another, after another. If you ever read the story of poor old Job? Oh, man. I mean, you know, he had one day, all this stuff just came down on him, right? One thing after another. When you read from the sixth seal to the end of the seven bowls of judgment, that's like the wrath of God being poured out. Boom, boom, boom. It just keeps hitting. It's almost like it happens simultaneously, and it really does. It's just like this happens, this happens, this happens. So all of those sevens come out from under the six. That's what I'm trying to tell you. So that's the way you have to read Revelation uh, in the tribulation time, you have to read it like this because, you know, he saw this, and then he saw this, and then he saw this, and then he saw this. So we kind of want to, we tend to want to put a timeline to it where, uh, well, that happened, and then this happened, and this happened, and then this happened. Well, really, when you read these next few chapters, what you need to look at it is kind of like this. It all just happened, right? Okay, so I just kind of wanted to kind of uh, fit, kind of you look at that. So, Let's read this couple verses. It says, When he opened the sixth seal, I looked, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth, and the, the I'm sorry, the, the full moon became like blood, and the stars of the sky fell to the earth as the fig tree sheds its winter fruit with, when shaken by the gale. The sky vanished like a scroll that is being rolled up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. The, then the kings of the earth and the great ones and the generals and the rich and the powerful and everyone, slave and free, hid themselves 
in the caves among the rocks of the mountains, calling to the mountains and rocks to fall on us and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne. Now, I'm just going to stop right there, and I want you to think about this for a minute, because if this doesn't describe our society now and the way people think, I don't know what else will, because these people actually acknowledge something that the one that's on the throne is pouring out judgment on them. The one that is recognized to be on the throne is pouring out judgment on them. And they, instead of praying to the one on the throne, start to pray to the mountains and the rocks. Think about it. That's a rebellious society. And so there's one on the throne and they're not praying to him. And they're, they're praying to die to get away from him. And it says, uh, from the one on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb and for the great day of their wrath has come, who can stand? There's, there's some that can stand, and that's described in Revelation. Uh, like I said, the church is in heaven, but there will be that great multitude of people that are being saved out of the great tribulation. Those are the ones that can stand. Anyone who will recognize. See, God, Hannah sang a song all ago, if grace were an ocean... We'd all be sinking. God's grace is so good. He's so good, y'all. He's so good that right up until the end, people will have opportunities to be saved. Right up until it's, I mean, to, I mean, he's going to give everybody a chance because God is not slack concerning his promises, but long-suffering. Everybody say long-suffering. Long. Look at the person next to you and say, God is patient. He's long-suffering toward us, not willing, not willing. Listen to this. This is the mighty God of heaven, not willing that anyone should perish, but that everyone should come to repentance. You see, right until the last minute, right until the end, he's reaching out. He's saying, trust me. I want to save you. Trust me. Give your life to me. Recognize me as Lord and King, the God that loves you. I want to do that. And so he's doing that. And I'm telling you, those are the ones that can stand. But we got to go back and we got to talk about these that won't. First of all, I think this is our wake-up call. And what I mean by that, Scripture gives us a wake-up call in these passages. It gives all believers, because, you know, the one thing that I've never been able to, man, ever since, ever since I got saved, you know, and I got saved a long time ago. Now, I'm telling you, uh, I haven't always, you know, you know y'all know uh, I'm just like you. And when you're saved at 17, there's a lot of stuff in between the age of 17 and the age of 52. Y'all didn't know I was that old, did you? I look so young and pretty, right? <laughs> Brian, you agree? Yeah. Right. Dick said I was pretty last night. You know that? Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. But see, but there's a lot of things that happen in my life. I've not lived a perfect life. Um, I've had times uh, that um, I have not lived for the Lord. But I thank God that he's my loving father who never let me go. It's not my ability to hold on to him, but his ability to hold on to me. Amen. Right? Amen. Right? That's what, that's what the Bible tells us. Said, Jesus says these words, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And no one can snatch them out of my hands. My father who is greater than I. He gives them eternal life, and no one can snatch them out of his hands. 
Christ made me eternally secure the day that I got saved, right? So I'm gonna, I want you to think about this. Now, we've all got our ups and downs in life. But if you're hearing this message right now, and you're a follower of Jesus, this is what I believe about this. I can't help but believe it. I've just thought about it so much. This is our wake-up call. Whether the tribulation is going to, whether God raptures the church in the next five minutes or the next 20 years, I don't know. We, no one knows that. Um, we're in the church age, the age of grace. But one thing about it, this is one thing I want you to understand and, and I understand, and that's this. The things that the Bible says that are going to take place are as true, listen to me now, as true as the things the Bible said that took place historically that happened, right? We know, do y'all know that the scripture, this book, this book is, this is a fact. This is the most historically accurate book ever written. Did y'all know that? Like there's, not, there's never been another book written in the world that is as historically accurate as the Bible. Even secular archaeologists use the Bible to find things because it is a factual book. And what I'm telling you, as sure as the Bible said those things happened in the past and we see that they've happened, they're going to happen in the future. And what I'm telling you is this is our time to go, man, I need to be about God's business, and I need to believe him at his word, and that's why I opened up with talking about taking it in faith, right? So let's look at this. Seven bowls, I told you about this, seven seal, seven trumpets, and or seven, let me start all over, right? Sometimes I get ahead of myself, and I'm like, you didn't even read that. You just said it, right? Okay, six seal and seven seal, seven trumpets, seven bowls, all those are inclusive, those all are kind of kind of happening all at once. All of them come out from under the sixth seal. So let's read the sixth seal. And when he opened the sixth seal, I looked and behold, there was a what? A great earthquake. And what? And the sun became black as sackcloth. And what? The full moon became like blood. And the stars of the sky fell to the earth as a fig tree shreds its winter fruit with shaken by a gale. Let's read this part. The sky vanished like a scroll that is being rolled up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Man, there's a lot going on there, isn't there? And that's why I underline those things, because I want you to see, man, at this time in our world's history, there's going to be lots of stuff happening. And you, you read about these events happening when you read about those seven trumpets and seven bowls. You see them all happening just like this says. So let's, I just want to show you this. There's a couple of things that are described in the scripture in the seven-year tribulation. First of all, it says there's going to be hail and fire and blood falling to the earth. Now, I, uh, there's been factual or things happen in Egypt. When God was delivering his children from Egypt, out of Egypt, where hell and fire fell from the sky. Now, if you think, oh, here's, a, here's, a, here's the thing I want you to understand. If you are worried, man, if I'm a Christian, I'm going to be here for this. And God's not able to separate me out because I'm a believer and take me to heaven. I want you to think about what happened in Egypt in those plagues. 
Because when that hail and fire fell on those Egyptians because they were holding Israelite slaves, guess who was delivered from it and never experienced one drop of hail or fire? God's people. God always brings his people out before he judges the earth. Noah. Noah judged the earth with a flood. And he sent that flood and it, and it, it covered the whole earth. Well, guess what he did with the believers? He built them an ark, put them in it, and they were delivered from the flood, although everyone who was rebellious against God died. He, he provided a way. Jesus said to us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This morning, if you've not given your heart to Jesus, I want to tell you something. I want you to listen to me. God has provided a way out for you. He's provided a way where you will not experience judgment like other people do. Right now, if you want to, Jesus will save you right where you are. Right now. We don't even have to wait another minute. So let's do this. If you, listen, and no, I'm not, you know, when you read that, you're like, you're like he's preaching fire and brimstone, right? That's what that says. <laughs> I mean, uh, some people get on them fire and brimstone preachers and they hate them. You know what? Uh, they're just reading the Bible in some places, you know. Um, I am, uh, but I, I like to look at it this way. There, there will be fire and brimstone, but a God that loves you wants to deliver you from it. <laughs> so how about that? How about we pray right now and we ask the God of heaven to save you if you're sitting there this morning you need Jesus. How about we do that? You know, it's a simple thing. The Bible says everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. How about you? Would you like to get saved this morning, delivered from this? As we bow and close our eyes, you just repeat after me. I'm going to just give you an opportunity to give your heart to Christ right now. Just, just say what I say, but listen, you mean it. God hears your prayer. I'm just going to help you pray. You may not know how to pray, so let me help you pray. And then we'll do it from there, okay? Simply pray this, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And I know you died on the cross for my sin. I ask you to forgive me for my sin. Come and live in my life and save my soul. And it's in your name I proclaim I'm saved. This morning, if you pray that prayer, I want you to, uh, th I did this, we're not in the middle of my sermon, but we're kind of just the other side of the middle, so we're going to keep going, but if, I, I'm going to give you something to think about if you prayed with it, then I, want, I want you to listen to me, okay, because that's not a scary decision, that's the best decision you've ever made in your life, but here's what I need you to do, when you go to the back, leaving the church today, grab one of those cards and fill it out, they're right there, Shane's holding them up. Put your name and your phone number on it. Fold it up. Put it in the box, the offering box. We'll call you and talk to you about the decision you made. Okay, so here's some things that are going to happen during this time. It says a great burning mountain is going to fall into the sea. You know, I said one thing after another. So it's like a big, I don't know if it's a, you know, there's things in Revelation that are hard to understand. Is that a big meteor? Probably, right? It says the stars, uh, great, a great star fell into the rivers. Is that another one? More than likely, right? And then this is interesting. A star fallen, a fallen star that's described in this. And uh, that's, that's the devil himself. 
that the Bible says there's, and, and during this time, you know, the, the, uh, the Bible says that, that the devil is the prince of the power of the air. He's in the heavenlies right now. But the scripture says evidently in Revelation that God's going to rip him out of the heavens and cast him to the earth. He's going to walk around with these people. That's a bad deal, right? So he's going to, and then there's going to be a release of four angels um, who are probably demons. The Bible describes demons as angels too. They're just dark angels. There's a lot of them, so they're going to be walking around. And all of these things are going to happen where they're going to introduce war and all these things. And uh, they're going to gather for the great battle of Armageddon. And then this will introduce, all these people are going to rebel against God. And it's going to introduce the second coming of Christ where he will return to earth, which we're going to start talking about next time when I get back, is where Christ steps foot on the earth and we rule and reign with him for 1,000 years here on earth. Right? So that, that's going to happen and, uh, when all these things happen. And Jesus said these words in Matthew 24. If those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be sh cut short. It's estimated that probably three-quarters of the earth's population will die during the tribulation period. That's a lot of people. There's seven billion people on this planet. Now, I don't know how many are going to rapture. There's probably a bunch of us that are going to heaven and won't be here in this, but the rest of them are going to experience this. Now... I want to, this is something I want to, I'm going to try to cover this before I close really quickly. Um, you know, they say you can learn from your past. Y'all ever heard that? And we're in a society right now, and I'm not going to get all political or anything like that, but they're trying to erase our past, you know, and we know we can learn from our past, but we have the, the great privilege, and I believe that with all my heart. Man, I learn from my past every time I turn around. Every time I make a mistake, I've learned from my past, right? I'm not going to do that again. You ever been there? Raise your hand, right? Something happened to you, you go, well, I better not do that again, right? When I was a kid, if I were, I don't know that I did this. I probably did it because I was a knucklehead. I probably put my hand on a hot stove and that burned my hand. I said, well, I'm not going to do that again, you know? Uh, so we learn from our past. But you know what we've got the great privilege of? Is we've got the great privilege of learning not for our future, but from the future. The Bible tells us about the future and we can learn from the future. And that's something that not many people, if they don't follow this word, believe it, they can't do. So let's look at, let's look at what we can learn. First of all, the future offers a false security. Uh, it says the, those kings of the earth and those poor, all those people, they were, well, they were praying to the rocks and the mountains to fall on them. Because they had put their hope in a false security. Look at what it says here. This is talking about the Antichrist or the beast. And it says, and he also causes both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead, so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark that is the name of the beast or the number of the name. For this is called wisdom. For this calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for his number is the number of a man. The number is 666. Now, there's a lot of speculation on how this takes place, how this mark takes place, but I'm not going to go into all that, but I'm going to tell you this. What these people have done here is they put their hope and their faith in a government, a one-world government that's set up that's going to fail. But they put their faith and their hope in a government that's telling them to do this, this, and this, and this. Now, 
Listen, I think we live in one of the greatest nations on the face. Of, we live in the greatest nation on the face of the earth. And um, uh, we live in a nation where we are free to think and do for ourselves, to make decisions for ourselves. And when this is, listen, I know i got to be careful where I step here. But I've never known the government to do anything much more than mess stuff up. Okay? When you begin to put your hope and your trust and your security in a man rather than the Lord Jesus Christ, you're in trouble. And that's the first thing we can learn from our future. The, not even the person next to you is your answer for your future. Not even the, no, listen, I'm going to tell you who gives you security in your future, and that's Jesus Christ. You can't, there's no other place to lay your hope. Because we see in the end of this that they're, instead of praying to a mighty God who could save them, are praying to rocks and mountains. Because they felt secure in what they were doing because that's what they were told to do. I would rather obey God than man. That's in the book of Psalm chapter 118. They say that chapter 118, the book of Psalm, is the middle of the Bible. And the middle verse of chapter 118 in the middle of the Bible says, it is better, listen to me, it is better to obey God rather than man. So it gives us a false insecurity. Here's the next one. I think it's a, uh, it, they, they refused to repent. They were prideful. We can learn from our future not to be prideful or from their future. It says that they were scorched by the fierce heat and they were cursed. They cursed the name of God who had power over these plagues. And read that, read that church. They did not repent and give him glory. They refused to repent. Hey, just let's practice this right quick. This is easy, 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 okay? Look at the person next to you, even if you're looking at the back of their head, and just say this. Just say this. I'm sorry. <laughs> you may not have done nothing, right? But was that hard? Hmm? Why is it so hard for us to come before God, a sinful person, and say, Lord, I repent. I know you're right and I'm wrong. They refused. So we can learn from that, right? We need to be a people of repentance. Turn from our sin. This is the last one. They have rebellious hearts. It says that these things, some of this, when the star falls from heaven, Satan's going to release these these demons, and it says, and I saw them coming out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet, three unclean spirits like frogs. I don't know if those actually look like frogs, but can you imagine that? That'd be kind of weird and scary, right? For they are demonic spirits performing signs who go abroad to the kings of the whole earth to assemble them for the battle of the great day of God, the Almighty. Behold, I am coming like a thief. This is where Jesus is going to return. It says, blessed is the one who says, 
who says, who stays awake, keeping, the, keeping his garments on, that he may not go about naked and be seen and exposed. And they assembled them at the place that is in Hebrew is called Armageddon. Now, I'm going to close my sermon right here, uh, and I'm going to tell you this, okay? This right here is the introduction to Christ's return. Because they had such rebellious hearts, even though they knew Jesus was king, even though this happened, what's going to happen at that time? Is they're going to gather all these kings and armies of the earth, estimated to be about two million. Two million man army. And they're going to gather up at the place called Armageddon. And the Bible says, and we'll read it in Revelation 19, that Jesus will return on a white horse and on his thigh and on his robe will be written the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And out of his mouth comes a sharp sword which he's able to slay the nations. And it says, this is where we come in, this is good, and the armies of heaven will come back with him on white horses. Y'all better get to ride and get used to it, okay? <laughs> and it says that when Christ returns at this battle of Armageddon, he will just simply speak the words and he's going to wipe them all out. That's not going to be a real battle, y'all. Y'all read, y'all heard about Armageddon and all. That's there's not. That's not. That's that's like a boot and the ant. It's not going to be anything. We're going to get to witness the power of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and so were they. And so when you read that beginning verse where it says, "Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him." And the whole earth will mourn on the count of him. That's not talking about us. That's talking about those who have rebellious hearts. So we can learn something else from God. And that's this. We can learn not to have a rebellious heart against our king. He loves us. That's the crazy part. He loves us. Oh, how he loves us. He loves us so much. This day, that's our wake-up call. This day is coming. But he loves us so much, he wants to deliver us from that day. I hope that you prayed with me this morning. I hope, you're, I hope your heart's not rebellious to God today. I hope you're not prideful and you're willing to repent. I, I, I hope that you will come to Jesus today. I hope you have. And if you have, please let me know about that today. We got a baptism this morning. We're going to ask these fellows to come up. And if I ask you to come help, please do. I think Mr. Teague's going to come and help. And a band, would y'all come on up while I'm while I'm getting this ready to go? And uh, praise the Lord, we got this is a we've got two 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 Sundays of this in a row. You know what? We could just baptize somebody every week. I'd be happy with that, wouldn't y'all? your shoes in there? No. Okay, you sit over and pack them off then. You, you sit right there, buddy. Okay. Yeah, come on in, Ryan. Come on in. This is Ryan. Now, I don't know that y'all, uh, how many of y'all know John Teague? Uh, but John Teague has a ministry uh, that is reaching a lot of people. And he's an example of someone, this is, this is all he does. You know what he does? He loves people. 
right? And, and he shows them the love of Christ. Now, I'm tooting his horn a little bit, and he's a, he's a very humble man, and he wouldn't have me doing this. But I'm telling you, uh, man, if we just learn to love people. Remember what we always saying, love God, love people? Jesus gave us a great command, didn't he? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. We just love people and show them Jesus. You know what happens? You know what happens when we love people and show them Jesus? They get saved. Amen. As simple as that. And so this is Ryan. And uh, he, he came last week. And 